Hello everybody and welcome to the Event Industry News podcast. My name is James Dixon and joining the podcast today we welcome uh, Chris Woodford, director from the ACT Group. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks James, pleasure to be here. Um, next month on the 15th of February uh, the Priory Rooms in Birmingham will be hosting a mock prosecution of individuals from an event company based on a real case. Chris is joining the podcast today to tell us a little bit about this event and exactly what it's hoping to achieve, what the purpose is uh, behind the event and what's gone into actually create it. So Chris, let's open up with you know what is the purpose of doing this, um, this mock trial, mock prosecution? I think James, the initial purpose of the trial is to show all those attending, the delegates and ultimately come on, they're going to be the jury. Um, the process is involved when a criminal trial is brought before a Crown Court, particularly a health and safety, and in this case a health and safety events case is brought before a Crown Court, and to show the processes contained within those criminal procedure rules, and also shows how the criminal barristers present the facts, uh, again, under health and safety and, and the events world, within, within a real-life court scenario. So that's, that, that is the purpose of it, show everyone what's involved, how it's run, um, and hopefully they, they get some great learning outcomes out of that and everyone knows, if, you know, God forbid should this ever happen to them in the future or they end up Absolutely, on one side yeah. of the other, they, they know the whole process involved. Because in the events industry we take a lot of preventative measures, don't we, our, in the UK especially, our, our health and safety procedures, we should be proud of them because by comparison they're extremely effective and we do it very, very well. And fortunately we're in a scenario where I suppose an awful lot and even the majority of people who work in the events industry have never had the experience of having to go to trial for any event related purpose. So it's part of the thinking of staging the event to really show them what could happen and to put some of the, the warnings that they're given of a preventative level into context to see how it could affect them. No, that's absolutely spot on, James. We, we, you're absolutely right. We should be proud of the record in this country in health and safety, especially in the events world. And we spend an awful lot of time um, sitting with event organizers, production companies, suppliers, and teaching them all about health and safety. We, we scare the living daylights out of people about what the fines might be, what, the, what the, the, the amount of time you could spend in prison. But what we don't actually do is then lead them by the hand to, if it does go wrong or if there is a problem, this is then what you need to expect. Um, yeah, so it, I, I think it's a big gap in, in our whole safety education process, to be honest. When did this idea first uh come to light, whose idea was it, and how long did it take to get the ball rolling to say, do you know what, this is something that we think we could put on? Yeah. We sat down initially um, in about October, November um, last year, together with the IOSH Sports Ground um, Events and, and Safety Committee, under the patronage of Richard Lim, and decided that this was, this was an, an ideal time of the year, February, March, before the real silly season kicks in in the events world, people could sit down, um, at least take in the information. And I suppose we've had one guy within ACT leading this um, because he's, he's a sitting um, magistrate, uh, so he's, he's, he's got the legal mind as well, that's Mesh, Mesh Ruparelia, 
and he's he's led and driven this. Um, but he's he's done that hand in hand with um, barristers, with judges, um, health and safety inspectors. So he's used his his knowledge of the court system and his knowledge of the event safety industry to really drive this forward. Um, quite a bit of work involved. Um, it's it is as realistic as you could possibly make it um, without actually hauling someone down the steps at the end of the day. So that, that there's a whole prosecution file has had to be written and produced mainly by Mesh with the help of health and safety inspectors and judges and barristers, a clerk of the court. It's, it's, it's a very lengthy, lengthy document. Um, but this is how it would be for real. The, the witness statements would have to be obtained. Impact statements on victims would have to be obtained. People would have to be interviewed. And then it would be a, a decision as to what line of prosecution um, of the Crown Prosecution Service, the local authority, the health and safety executive would want to take down. Which, which route would they want to go down? Which mm -hmm. acts or regulations they would want to look at and focus on? Um, for them to gain a successful prosecution. Was it difficult to, to convince any of the other parties that, are, have, that have ultimately been involved in putting together the event to come on board, or was there very much a collective positivity when it came to proposing the idea and identifying which parties could bring what to the table? Um, I'd, I'd say unanimously, unanimous support, 100% support all the way through, because the even from the judges' chambers, with Magdalene Chambers, we, we've we've approached who have been so helpful. Um, they see the gap to where they can expand on aspects of law procedure, provide a narrative to the industry, um, and, and and assist and help. Um, the, preparing this with advocates and delegates, there's, there's some deviation from the process, and we have to do that for the time scale. We can only fit this into one day, um, and, and the outcome at the end of it. We want the delegates who turn up um, to get something out of it. We want them to be part of the process, and that again has been a positive buy-in from everyone that the delegates are part of that process, and as such, they become the jury. And, and tell me, who, who uh, are you hoping that, that the delegates will be in terms of their job roles within the events industry? Could this be open to anybody, irrespective of what their particular um, their particular role is? It, it could it could be open to anybody. Um, I'd, I'd say it's more beneficial. I mean, certainly directors of event organising companies and production companies would would benefit from this. However, those those slightly down the scale would also benefit so down to the operations managers the site managers the production managers uh, the account executives who are taking responsibility for organizing an activity and um, or an or an event would certainly gain from this and looking at the delegates that, that are already confirmed there's a massive wide spectrum of, of people from various bodies and industries actually who are showing a really great interest because it's important as an industry that we don't just solely focus on what we deem to be big or large-scale events. Anybody who works in the events industry, even on a smaller-scale event, 
if something goes wrong and ultimately they're in charge of running that event, responsibility falls with them irrespective of whether it was 10 people in the room or 10,000 people in an arena. So we need to be careful as an industry, don't we, that we don't shut off smaller event organisers and in favour of what we deem to be larger ones. No, absolutely. You sort of took the words out of my mouth, James. But yeah, the, the, the smaller ones, if anything, um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put any more degree of importance on the smaller or the larger ones, but the smaller ones, and, and certainly, say smaller, the newer event organisers, they're the future. They're the future of the industry. They're the ones that are going to come up. They're the ones that are going to be teaching us in 15 years what they've learned and the new ideas and experiences. And it's really, really important that as they're getting on the ladder, they totally understand this process as well. How will the day itself be broken down? Will there be a chance for delegates attending to actually interact with the personnel who are responsible for staging the trial? Yeah, what, we, what we've done, James, we've, we've split this into sort of two parts, untypically, either side of a lunch break. And um, the, 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 the first bit is, is, is I suppose, we, we, we have an opportunity to to at least introduce everybody to to the delegates but then it's really down to the court to Magdalen Chambers and the judge to run that the judge will make an opening speech and we will literally dive straight into the prosecution case before lunch immediately after lunch that's great we've got an hour then for people to interact to discuss the prosecution side in quite an informal manner then we'll run through the defense case and the summing up we'll get a chance for another break then where there can be, a, again, there's more chance for network, interactive, informal discussion. But that's the point where the delegates need to then sit and think, um, would, would they be pronouncing the defendant guilty or not guilty? What would their decision be? Um, before ultimately the judge will sentence um, and, and we conclude, and then we've got a we've got a great area at the end there for the delegates to actually speak to and question um, not only the people involved in, in putting this together from I, ACT and IOSH, but the judges and the and the barristers and the clerk of the court, and to ask questions about if there's any any confusion or any anything they need clarity on as to how this whole process has run and, and should be run in the future. The, the specific details of the case, i.e. What, what actually supposedly happened, it, have not been publicised in advance, but I guess in some respects that's almost irrelevant. What you're trying to showcase is the process of how this comes to prosecution and what an event organiser would perhaps have to have in place if they don't already in order to defend themselves accurately. No, that, that, that's absolutely right, James. The, the, the the, the whole process will look at a section of legislation from an incident or an accident that has occurred on an event site um, and, and I think once the delegates see what the case is I, I'd, I'd be very surprised if there was anybody in the room who could not relate totally to to the case before them um, but as you said the, the specifics don't don't really matter so much as the process how it's run through, how it's formulated, how we all got to be sitting in a courtroom that day. And that's the really important thing for them. But, but, but just to clarify, would I be right in saying that, that the, the case in question on the day will uh, either reference a real life event or, or very much be geared around something that has happened? Absolutely. 
absolutely. It's um, I, I've actually personally witnessed this this happening in the in the past on an event site, um, and I'm and I know others having spoken to them. Um, the, the 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 incident that that occurs, um, as I say, will will strike a chord. I'm sure will strike a chord with the majority of delegates that are sat there. Will it end? Um, will it end on the day itself, or is there any element of follow-up that will take place after the, the date of February the fifteenth? It will end on the day itself, but I think um, moving moving forward, there is already some enthusiasm through social media to try and expand this and move forward. Maybe to run more um, similar cases. Not not only in the in the Midlands. The Midlands was chosen specifically because um, it it was easier and we have access to the legal system in in the Midlands area, but also to see if we can expand throughout the country. And then if we could possibly take this scenario and this case, that there there may be a case for what happens during an appeal, what happens if if this goes on in a case, and there may be a, there may be the opportunity in the future to expand on that. Um, again, just to clarify, uh, without going into the specific nature of the case that will be discussed and, 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 and um, put on trial on the day, yeah. is this geared around outdoor events or indoor events, or is there a relevance to both? It's geared around, it's geared around outdoor events, but the actual regulation and the offence that crops up is very, very relevant um, to the smallest indoor or outdoor event to the largest indoor or outdoor event. It, it covers a section um, of the Health and Safety at Work Act which carries out a duty um, and responsibility and as, as, as an employee there's a duty there towards your employees and that's the area specifically um, that, that, that is focused on during, during the whole case. So any event indoors, outdoors, um, totally, totally relevant. Have you had any, any indication at all from other interested parties who have already said to you, we're going to keep a close eye on how this goes because we think we could, I know you mentioned that there has been yep. uh, social media uptake on perhaps staging a similar event somewhere else, but has there been anything on a, on a higher level to that where bodies have said actually we're really interested in what you're doing here, we'd like to know what the outcome is and how it goes because we think this could translate elsewhere? Well, I think the, the, there's a couple of industries that have that have expressed an interest um, outside of the events world, um, because the process what what we focus on events because that's what we do. Um, but in ever in, in any industry, um, the the process um, and the decision making within that court system would be exactly the same. Um, we've just tried to make it relevant to our industry. There is there is also an interest within the legal system because we're, we're entering into uh, we're slightly touching into a domain and realm that's that's quite well. It's very very specialist and well protected, um, and I think there's a lot of people who are specialist in events, health and safety law, also see that as a way of branching out. Um, from the criminal justice system actually into the industry as a whole. So yeah, a lot, a lot of interest. In a similar sort of a step forward from that last question then, um, despite the fact that different countries will have different laws and different regulations, 
is there a relevance to working cross-border with this particular event as well? Are there certain things that processes that will still be carried over if you're working in, in continental Europe, for example? The well, the legal process is 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 totally different. Um, once you step into all the other European countries, then each country has their own uh, process, their own judiciary, and their own way of doing things. They don't necessarily follow what we're doing in the UK. However, for UK companies, how you got there and how you got into the legal process, or the, the turmoil at the time, yeah, is is exactly the same as a, as a UK company that. How you, how you how you ended up in the Maya is exactly the same as how you ended up in the Maya when you're in the UK, I'm afraid. Absolutely. Um, I suppose this is perhaps more your more your own uh, opinion, perhaps than the, the than stating fact of what's happening on the day. But um, have we been guilty in the past as a uh, as an industry, not just the events industry, but with the, the term health and safety in general, of doing a lot of scaremongering of people and saying this is what could happen if you don't do this and. Yeah. You may be liable for this if you don't do that without actually giving people real tangible context as to what that may be. Yeah, and I think, I think there's two things in that, James. Firstly, there's, there's exactly as you said, we, we, we do stand in training courses. We do ram it down people's throats. We do scare people. We put up scary pictures, um, you know, showing people sitting in jail. We, we tweet out as a safety industry and an events industry we're tweeting out all these messages on a daily basis of someone having been fined or prosecuted. But what we, what, what we have been guilty of, and we still are guilty of, and this is part of the process of putting that right, is not actually showing people what, what that process is. Mm -hmm. we, show them, we show them how to, how to not go down that route, but we never show them what happens if they do go down that route, because no one ever wants to think about it. Sure. I um, think that, that's, that's the truth of that one. You, what will your own role be um, on the day itself? Will you be taking an active role in it, or will you just be an interested observer? James, I am taking an active role, and I'll be in the dock. There I will go, be then. the defendant. <laughs> me me method acting. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's good because it, it, it requires the... We, we have a a real-life health and safety um, executive inspector. We have real judges, we have real barristers, advocates, clerk of the courts. What we don't want to do um, is, put, is put real innocent people through the turmoil of cross-examination and stress of standing in, in, in a box um, and, and feeling under pressure for a, for a couple of hours. And it's also important that the roles that are taken up for um, the witnesses and the defendant, they, they clearly understand and have had time to read through the, the enormous prosecution file documents and, and that they, they totally understand what is happening and what is going on and what that process is themselves before walking into the room. So that's, that's one of the reasons I'm doing that. There's a, it strikes me that there's a sort of certain paradox, if you will, with this event in that by detailing it and showcasing it in as much detail and as much level of procedure as possible, what you're ultimately hoping to do with the sounds of things is improve people's ways of working and processes whilst hosting events that they never have to get to that stage. Correct. Um, it's, it's, 
it's that old, it's very much similar to the old saying, you know, the old picture can tell a thousand words and all the rest of it. it we can stand there and deliver this and put people to sleep on PowerPoint on a daily basis um, and tell them what the processes are. For them to feel it and experience it and be able to visually memorize that, that experience is very, very, very important. Um, they, they will then think when they go on to their next event and they're organizing their next, their next outdoor gig, they will think about the processes, they will think about the conclusions and the consequences, whereas a day's, a day's training in front of a PowerPoint won't have that impact and probably will be forgotten within two hours. And if, we, and, if we, and if we put into context the very nature of the industry that it's seeking to serve, event organisers are constantly being uh, asked or demanded of to improve engagement at events. You know, event promoters are seeking higher levels of interaction and a better understanding of their events and more engagement. So it, it's very apt in a way that you're hoping rather than death by PowerPoint and a training day, you're, you're doing something totally different in order to improve engagement and understanding. Yeah, and, and if there was, we, we've even looked at, we think it's really, really important, the engagement side and, and the understanding. We, if people don't get a learning out of it, if there's no learning outcome, then we failed. We will have totally failed, but I, I don't believe that's the case. But we've also looked at, at the process and the court case and the, court, the whole court procedure and seen if we can also up the ante technology-wise. And, and I think in the future, one of the things we're looking at is um, and it won't be, it won't be done for February. One of the things we're already looking at and expanding in the future is 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 how we can we can gain more interactivity with the delegates rather than just be the jury and make a verdict. Could we make that electronic? Could we make that dare I use the word slightly sexier for them? Um, so that so the so the memory is even more appealing and and um, and long lasting. Because I guess so the beauty about about it being a mock prosecution uh, you know and a fake trial is that it allows you a bit of leeway um, to do things that you wouldn't necessarily be able to do if it were a real you know live court of law yeah in, in some respects that's quite true the one the one thing we won't mess with and we won't we won't play around with is the legal paperwork side um, we th th that has to be done in a certain way and a certain method and written in a certain style um, the presentation of it, and I'm sure the the, the 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 legal minds also attending would also be willing and welcoming to look at how um, things are presented. These these things have moved on in, in, in law throughout the years. We, we look now. You've got where, where children are involved. There's 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 remote access video linking. There's adult video linking. There's screens. There's all sorts of ways of delivering the same message within the legal system, and that's something yeah. we want to look at as well. Um, from a documentation point of view and a, and a communication uh, point of view, how will people, if people can't attend on the day, how will they be able to really identify and read up on the detail of what was discussed on the day? Is it going to be documented in such a way that people will be able to read a report of it? It will, it will be documented um, and I believe um, there's, there's going to be some filming as well during the day so that can be produced in the future. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So we're hoping to get that all sort of put together as a pack, um, yeah. and then we can see if we can get that out to people. Yeah, and I know this this episode is obviously going to go out uh, well in advance of, of the day itself, but Event Industry News will be filming 
uh, the event. There'll be a video available of it for people to watch, and and dare I say, there'll be lots of um, uh, written follow-up to that as well. Will people be allowed to access their devices in the court? Will it be a, a, a no phones area? Will people be allowed to live tweet or um, you um, know blog um, their own know, experience? James, I'm very wary of um, of misquoting a judge, but um, I think that. I, I think because it's 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 a mock scenario, and we, we we have to we have to understand it's a real judge, yeah. And we have to we have to pay a little bit of respect to that. However, I am pretty sure that the, the, the judge is quite sensible and pragmatic in this the whole mock trial and the reasons we're doing it. It's an education process, and if we can get the message out live at the same time, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure be more than willing. But I'm not going to quote him on that one. Absolutely, quite, quite right not to do so. Um, are there any other, um, could we give a name check to any of the other uh, professionals that, that the event industry may be aware of and may have heard of that will be participating in the day? Well, on, from the legal side, um, really the, the participation side, we've kept very, very insular um, as far as witnesses and defendants are concerned. But Magdalene Chambers of providing all the barristers to assist with the trial, and a wonderful lady called Elizabeth Medlin, who is acting as the clerk to the judge. Um, and then um, I suppose a massive thank you, if I'm going to be able to do that, is to Mohammed Basharat, who is our health and safety um, inspector, who's, who's, who's had to sit down and do a lot of, well, him and Elizabeth have had to sit down and do a lot of paperwork and homework to help us out on this. Um, but within the industry, delegates-wise, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of fairly large agencies and production agencies and companies that that, that are already attending. Um, some major players in the events sports world within the UK and the production companies within the UK. Um, staging companies, one of the biggest in the country, they'll be represented. Uh, rigging companies, so the, the spectrum is quite wide. To be Absolutely, honest, very wide. But, but as you point out, this this could be relevant to, you know, a, a number of different professional uh, positions and and, and operational uh, types within the industry. Well, yeah, and, and even outside the industry, we've had we've had um, we we have some very good links within the motor industry as well, and we also have Fatchum Special Vehicles Research Establishment, very interested, and they are also attending to have a look because they. They, they put vehicles out in small events and 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 in small ways they they do um, they do all sorts of activities throughout the year and a lot of other industries are also figuring that actually it does it does go across the board it's not just the events world even though that's where we're focusing um the the, the chambers themselves will obviously have a a, a, a limit to its actual capacity and, and, and I understand um, uptake has been fantastic so far but there are still some spaces available for delegates who may wish to attend as I said it's on February the 15th at the Priory Rooms in Birmingham if, if there are any event professionals listening or watching this how do they get in touch and how would they register for it? Very very easily James um, pick up the phone is the, is the easiest if they phone ACT on 01977 797-359. The ladies in the admin department there will sort you out straight away. Or if you go onto the website actnational.co.uk, yeah, there's a, there's a dedicated um, page on that website for the event for the mock trial. Um, or and, people can uh, email me direct, and I'll respond. 
and I'm just looking at the article if people want to refer to eventindustrynews.co.uk there was an article published on January the 12th um, and at the bottom of that article that relates to what we've been talking about in today's episode there is a link to actnational.co.uk so there are a number of different ways for people to uh, to find yeah. that as well as via your own website and via the phone number um, as I said something that's really interesting happening in the events industry you know we do find ourselves often talking about health and safety and there can often be a lot of repetition in some of those discussions yeah. and people banging the same drum over and over again. This to me uh, straight away strikes me as something that's totally different, that's innovative, ex ties in exactly what the event industry is all about and, um, and potentially will serve a great purpose going forward. I totally agree James, and as, I've, as I've said previously on a few occasions, you know that we're hoping people get something out of it, we're hoping they learn out of it, but enjoy it at the same time and then we can move forward and see if there are other areas um, that, that don't put people to sleep, that need doing, that fill a gap, um, and hopefully we don't end up bagging that same old drum all the time. Superb. We're going to wrap up today's episode. Chris Woodward uh, from uh, ACT Group, thanks very much for joining the podcast today. Mm -hmm. Thank we you, very James. much appreciate your time. Um, as we've already highlighted, plenty of information on the actnational.co.uk website as well as eventindustrynews.co.uk. Still some places available if you wish to be a delegate and you want to go and see for yourself what we've been discussing today. February the 15th, the Priory Rooms in Birmingham is the place to be. For now, we're going to wrap up today's episode of the Event Industry News podcast. Say thanks to Chris Woodford from ACT Group once again. My name's James Dixon. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.